of all the praise because you, you love lavishing your love upon your kids. And so God, we just surrender everything to you tonight. All distractions, we just say be gone in Jesus' name. There's freedom tonight. There's freedom to be real and raw with our Father. There's no expectation other than to worship you, God.
can take a seat, and I'm going to invite our college pastor, Ryan, to come on up and share the message tonight. Thanks so much, Leah. Can we give it up for this worship band? I just want to do a special thanks. Uh, we have our worship pastor, Kyle Howard, up here. Can we give it up for Kyle? Kyle's amazing. He does so much, and I just am so honored he takes time to come out and hang out with us. Um, something that we forgot to say in announcements, which is my fault, uh, we have an amazing thing Sunday night called Holy Spirit Night. Have you, raise your hand if you've ever been to Holy Spirit Night. Yeah, almost all of you. Well, it is awesome. Um, a live leadership team will be here, and basically Holy Spirit Night is for the hungry ones. And so you get to come out, and we just get to worship. It's very actually similar to Encounter Nights, but it's the whole church. So um, we definitely want to invite you to come out to do that. Carol, I think that's you. Can you shut the doors back there, please? Or whoever that is, you're looking right at me. Mariah, that's you? Maybe it's just hard to see you guys. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming out. Is, is this your first time, anyone? 
Yeah, a couple of you. Man, well, thank you for having the bravery to come out, especially to an encounter night. It's off campus. We're normally at the Ark every Wednesday, but we love these nights. And like the band said, or like the announcement people said, we're actually recording an EP album tonight. We're actually got recording on cameras, too, to hopefully have this whole service on YouTube and just some cool things that just are resources for you and for your friends and your, for, fa for your family. And man, I've heard so many stories of people, and I know for me, even watching YouTube or listening to music, and God can use those things powerfully. Um, I know, I don't know about you, I sent it to some of the leaders. I just watched a YouTube video that I thought I got saved again by watching it. I don't know if that's theologically possible, but wow, it was powerful. <laughs> so we are excited for tonight, but most of all, we're just excited for how God's gonna move. Um, we are going through the book of Mark. If you were with us last week, we kicked off this sermon series. And we're looking at how Jesus walked the way. Because we want to walk the way Jesus walked. If you were here last week, I kind of used Mr. Mugabe, Kundai himself. If you were to emulate someone's walk, if you were to hang out with them and how they talk and how they live, um, there's a saying that says, hang out with the, the five people you hang out with the most, you put them together, that's you. And I think there's truth in that because we become who the people that we hang out with, right? The people that we are around, there's so much truth that we can become like them or they can become like us. I just asked the leaders, you know, as we were praying before service, what are you carrying tonight? And are you carrying something that's worth catching? Because we're all carrying something. We're all living for something. And is it making life and people better? And so we're looking, we want to look at the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus, whether you know him or you don't, I promise if you let him in, if you, if you, if you learn to walk the ways he walked, it's the most exciting adventure you'll ever go on. But here's what makes Christianity the best religion that there ever is, because it's one, the only real one, but um, also because it's not based on how our works. It's not based on how hard we try or what we do. It's based on what he did. And it's his works and his life and his grace that is lived out through us. And we get to walk with his spirit. And he teaches us and he molds us and he, and he fathers us and he helps us walk this thing out. And you're running this race, and it's the most exciting race that you'll ever run. Last week, we looked at Mark 1, and we looked at a couple things. We're looking at life application. We're trying to read these stories and saying, Jesus, how did you walk? How did you live? And how, how can that be applied to my life? And a, just a real quick recap, we learned that Jesus spoke with an authority that made a difference and an impact. It carried a weight, and it shifted things when he spoke. He didn't just talk to talk, but he walked the walk. And when he talked it, Cole, it changed people's lives because he was already living it. Have you ever been around someone that you knew that carried something different, that when you were around them, you felt different? There was authenticity when they spoke, Joey. There was a power because you know that they weren't just teaching something they don't do, but there was a power to it because there was action that backed it up, Right? It changed you, it inspired you. You wanted to maybe be like them, not to be like them, but to have what they have. Jesus had that. He gathered people, he inspired people, he called people to something greater, to live a life that was greater than just living for themselves. They left all that they had to follow this guy because they had some, he had something that inspired them. 
Jesus walked the walk and talked the talk. He lived his mission out, and he preached his mission. You know, I think there's two, two groups of people. There's people that really walk the walk. They do it so well. My wife is like this. She's a woman of action. She rarely brags. She rarely talks it. And then there's me, right? And I'm yelling, and I'm talking it wherever, wherever I go. That's why God brought us together, I hope. But, but, you know, God actually calls us to do both. I, I pray a lot, Lord, let me walk the walk, Caleb, so that when I talk it, it's backed up by how I walk it. But sometimes we can get this thing called false humility, and we don't talk it because we're like, oh, we don't want to make it about us. Well, Jesus lived his mission not for himself, but the one who sent him, Fernando, because he had a bigger mission than himself. But he wasn't afraid to walk it, and he wasn't afraid to talk it, Caleb, because he knew the, the one who sent him, it was sent for a reason, Hannah. And he talked it, he preached it, and he walked it. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a man that does both. And so that was kind of where we picked off. And we're going to jump into Mark 2. We're going to look at Mark 2 and 3. But again, I invite you on this journey this semester as reading, read yourself through the book of Mark. We can't hit everything, but we really invite you to go deep in that. There's an awesome small group called the Bible Study that meets on Monday nights. And they're going through the book of Hebrews. And I hope what they model that you can all take home and, and apply to Mark and other books of the Bible that you're reading. And so definitely jump into that with us. All right. Well, I have a question. Has anyone ever done something to you that it's been hard for you to forgive? You're like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or a current boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it was yourself. Maybe it was someone you went to school with. But have you ever had something that kind of grips you and that you think you forgive and you think you get past, but then five years later, some, you're driving, listening to jams, you think of that thing and maybe you start to tear up or you, you feel that emotion again. You're like, gosh, I thought I let that thing go. But it still has you a little bit. I know I have. I know I still do in some ways. And there's power in forgiveness, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, for this church. I thank you that you've called us to be a part of this college family called Alive. I thank you for all the memories and times that we've encountered your presence in this room, on this stage, in the ark, in the Y, at small groups, at events, at retreats, at concerts. I thank you for all the one-on-one -on -one coffee and lunches and just hangout times we've had and the ways that you've moved in the big and the small. I thank you, God, that everyone who is here, you called them to be here and they chose to be here. And Father, I just thank you that when you look down from heaven, you look at our hearts, you're looking for faith. And we just say right now, God, that we have faith that you're gonna show up and show off. We're not here for, for me or for the band or for even the, the amazing snacks and pizza that we're gonna have afterwards. We're here for you, God. And we trust and hope and believe that you will show up and move in a way that only you can. We pray for new wine, fresh revelation and impartation from our heads to our hearts and to our lives. And for you to do what only you can do. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father God. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I'm gonna jump into this. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. 
I put a lot of it up on the screen tonight so you can follow along or you can just listen. So, Jesus, we ended last week again asking, what is your mission? And so chapter 2 starts off, and Jesus is living his mission. He's talked about it, but he's doing it. He's walking it. He's living this thing out, Hope. And so we jump in. It's like an action movie, right? And, and we're starting off uh, Mark, 2, chapter, or Mark 2, verse 1. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. The boys are back in town. You know that song? Too old. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle has a much better singing voice than me. Trying to take lessons, though. Don't tell anyone that, Kyle. So some there, some there were too, too many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they spoke, when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. I'm just going to stop right there for a second. The, the, the scripture is going to be on the screen. And I just want to, like, break this down a little bit. And I was reading it. I love to read, and I just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Again, I don't want to just read this as a book. I don't want to just study it, and I don't want to just know it. Those are important things. But I want to spend time with the one who wrote it, right? So we're reading the word, we're honoring the word, and we're honoring the one who speaks the word. And so I say, Holy Spirit, speak this to me. And I just highlight and underline the first thing that jumped out to me. And it jumped out, it said that when Jesus was preaching the word of God, that, and, and maybe for some of you, they're like, well, duh, he's God. Of course he's preaching the word of God. But he's not preaching just about himself. He's preaching about the kingdom and the king that sent him there. And if we're looking at Jesus' life and we're all believers and we're all family, what are we called to do, Hannah? We're called to preach the word of God. And I just thought about that when you're like, well, that's easy for you to say. You're a pastor. You're on stage. And I just started thinking about that, Eric. And it's like, how do we preach the word of God in our normal lives? And what is preaching the word of God? Do we need to have a microphone, Kristen? Do we need to have, you know, this, all, this sermon wrote out, Brett? What does preaching the word of God mean? And I, and, I, and I just started asking the Lord and looked at them. And preaching the word of God is sharing the truth of God boldly. The, it, it says... Um, the act of ex exhorting, prophesying, reproving, teaching, to boldly speak and proclaim truth. To boldly speak and to proclaim truth. And I don't know about you, and, and, and I don't love, I don't want to ever be in someone's face or, 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 you know, make them believe something and force things. But I also don't want to be timid and passive and be so concerned about what people think that I'm afraid to speak the truth. I mean, imagine if someone came into your life and they started speaking lies about your family, about your mom or your dad or maybe your dog that you love. I don't know what it is, but like that would kind of tick you off a little bit, right? Like, like wouldn't you be like, no, that's lies. Like, like you need to know the truth, right? Like, like and wouldn't you be a little passionate about that? Like, like sometimes I meet Christians and I've been this way too and, and we're like trying to share about the truth of God, but we're not passionate about it. And like, who's gonna believe something that you don't even believe or you're not passionate about? And I don't say that in condemnation, guys. I say that, man, and that can be hard. 
But as we continue to learn about Jesus and grow closer to Jesus, we become more in love with Jesus because we receive, first call, how he loves us. If you want to love Jesus more, ask him to help you receive more of his love for you. As you receive that, you'll become more passionate about that grace and you'll want to tell people about it, not in a condemnating way or, or, or in a judgmental way, but to inspire them to know the truth and to know the hope that you have. And God has set this up for some of you guys. Megan, you're student teaching right now. I know it says we can't talk about God in schools. But think about how many kids you interact with every single day. Think, of guys, guys, about your lecture halls and, and, and your sororities and your fraternities and, and the sport teams that you're on. And, and look about who your life and be like, wow, God has chose you to know those people in your life for a reason. You could have known anyone in this whole world. But Lexi, what if God sent you to U of I because he knew the volleyball team and the U of I and everyone who you know needs you? That you might be the only Bible that someone ever reads. Blaine, the bank that you work at, everything you meet, meet with, like you guys are carrying something and is it worth catching, Brooke? You went on the world race. Well, guess what? Now God's called you here to be a missionary. And that we're carrying something or we're meant to proclaim the truth of God. And what that can look like is when you know someone doesn't know God and he says something false about God, it's not quoting scripture to them or getting in their face, it's proclaiming truth. And what does the Bible say, Caleb? That the truth of God will set you free. That truth can be when someone does something stupid and they say, oh, I'm an idiot. Be like, no, you're not. You're not an idiot, for actually you're wonderfully and fearfully made that you've been called to this life and chosen be for such a time as this. You get to inspire them. You get to awaken them with truth, Austin. And we do that with love, not anger, not, not because we're better, but love. And when someone feels that love, they know that you're trying to help them just like you'd be trying to help someone who was gonna walk out off of a bridge because they thought a road was there. You do anything in your might to help them know that's a lie and that's not truth. And so he's preaching the word of God. This just happened to me the other day and, I, and I, we were at the RSO uh, mini quad day yesterday and we were talking to a bunch of students and I talked to a student and I uh, invited him to a live. Maybe you're here, that'd be really cool. Um, and I said, hey, you should come to a live tomorrow. And he's like, oh, I don't believe in God. And I, didn't, I wasn't trying to be a, a smart aleck or, or, you know, it just like hit me. And I was like, that's okay, man. He believes in you. And he's like, what? Like that like just rocked him. And I wasn't like, I said that in love. Like, that's okay if you don't believe in him. Like he believes in you. Like he does. And he believes in each and every one of you. I was just sharing truth. There was another guy, and I will admit I was a little smart aleck with him because he, was, he wasn't the nicest to um, Mariah when she, she, I think she's here. And, um, and so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and he walked away. And, you know, because I, like, I get if you don't want to talk to us, but just be polite about it, right? I mean, we're being polite to you. I mean, Sadie, I mean, you were pretty intense, but that was awesome. <laughs> she wasn't. I was just trying to get her to be the whole day. Um, but this one guy walked away, and, and I was like, all right, bro, God bless you. And then he said something else. I'm like, don't worry. One day you're going to hit rock bottom and you're going to believe in him. And I was this close to saying, if not, it's your loss. <laughs> but I didn't say that. But hey, at the end of the day, that's truth. And I don't want to be ashamed of that because guess what? Everyone hits rock, hits rock bottom in their life at some point. Sometimes it's many rocks. And when you hit the rock bottom, you find out who your rock really is. I know I did. 
And I know there's probably gonna be times that I will again. And guess what? It's an invitation to know Jesus more. Yeah, it's painful, but he's there to scoop us up and to pick us up and to help us know that he loves us and he believes, us, believes in us and that he's with us. And so are we gonna share that hope that we've gained to other people? So I don't wanna just preach the word of God with my lips, but I wanna do it with my life. I love the quote that says, preach the word of God at all times, but only, ne only when necessary use words. And my hope is that I live in such a way that people say, wow, what do you have? What has changed your life? What are you carrying? Because I want that. And that's when we get to share the truth and the story of how God has changed us, is changing us, and will continue to change us in this life. And I just love that Jesus did all the miracles. He prayed for people. He lived it. But he preached the word of God. I don't know why. Maybe that's obvious to some of you, but I kind of forget that. Like, he preached. And he didn't have a podium. He didn't have a church back then. Like, he went around proclaiming the good news of God. That would be like you rolling through the quad, just proclaiming the good news of God. Not like that one group on the quad that does it. <laughs> Let me just say that. We do it by grace and love, but by truth, right? And do we proclaim the word of God with all the people that's connected to us? And guys, I know that's hard I, for my, some of my family and friends. That's hard and that's, the Holy Spirit will guide you and promise us in the Bible that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say so we don't shove things down people's face, but we plant seeds. I, I had a conversation with a Jewish guy for a half an hour yesterday and I was just asking questions and I was just planting seeds. And it was a great conversation. I learned a lot and I believe he did too. I wasn't trying to um, change his mind. I was trying to inspire him by planting seeds of love and truth in his life. And I definitely am no perf perfection at this, but I want you to ask about the friends and the family in your life. And maybe, that you, maybe just maybe, you are the only Bible they'll ever read in their lives. So he goes on and later... Uh, Picking up in that same paragraph, it says, When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. And I thought about that, and, and I just love that verse um, in the Psalms when it says, God looks down from the heaven, he looks at all the hearts of people. And I, when I read that, I'm like, what does, he look like, what does he look at when he sees my heart? Every time before I preach, I just hear that question, who, who, who are you preaching for? I'll admit, I used to want to like have the biggest college ministry and you know, be able to build this building and have a coffee shop and, and all these cool dreams, which are cool, but it's like, man, if one person would have came tonight, I know me and the band, would, I would've, it would have been weird, but I would have stood up here and preached and we would encounter the presence of God, <laughs> you know? And it's, like, and it's like, like he's working on me. It's like all about an audience of one. And we, we break it out and say that, like, audience of one. And so when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, I don't know about you, but I want to have faith. And I just love this quote. It's actually by Hillsong United. It's in their song called Here Now. And it says, faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. But grace found my heart where logic ends. And so, and, and faith is hard, guys. Like, the one thing that matters God, to God most is faith, Kristen. It says faith pleases him. Without faith, we cannot please God. Like, that's the biggest thing that matters the most. And, but here's the good part. 
He said even faith as small as a mustard seed will move mountains. Faith as small as a mustard seed will heal people. We'll give people hope, Miranda. We'll, 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 we'll provide reconciliation. We'll move the mountains in our lives, in our, family li- in our family's lives. And I just love the story it's when Jesus uh, says someone will be healed. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like Jesus knows that we have unbelief, Gwen. Like I, he knows that I do. But when we're real with him and truthful with him, Jess, he'll, he'll meet us there. And people often say like, well, like how do I deal with this? I'm like, talk to him. If you're mad, be real about it. He can take it. Now, I wouldn't like swear at him or anything, but hey, even if you do that, he can take it. He loves you. I'm not recommending that though, just from the stage on camera. (laughs) But be real with him. You're his kids. He's your dad. He wants to help you. And if you can't be real with him, Bryce, or real with yourself, how how can you help? They say in AA, right, the first thing to do is to to have the awareness that you need help. And are we going to the one that can help us? And I know faith can be hard and faith can be scary. But if faith is what matters most to God, I I want that. And I was challenged. How much do I pray? God, give me faith. I love that song by by Elevation Worship that we sing. Literally called, Give Me Faith. And that's a prayer. Lord, give me faith. Let me have the faith that when I'm in the grocery store and you say pray for this some, for someone or you told me to stop and, and pull over to help someone that's homeless or, or, or to call my, my stepdad who doesn't believe or, or, or do radical things in my life. Like I'm one of the most fearful people I know. But when the, the spirit of God comes upon me and faith is, is, is activated and empowered in my life, God can do radical things through a scary cat like me. And if he can use me, I know he can use you. And it's never easy, but as we say yes to faith over fear, we grow stronger in that. And we're actually, we grow and activate ourselves. And as we walk with him and talk with him and listen to him, he'll start using us. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've let fear paralyze me before. I, I've missed out on opportunities. And guess what? Sometimes people are going to get mad at you. They're not going to understand. I mean, heck, that even happens with pastors. You give someone a word and they get mad at you for no reason. But if it's God, God will speak it to them. What I've just learned is do your part. Try your best and let God do the rest. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be afraid of doing what I think God wants me to do. And I'm passionate about that because a lot of times I've been afraid. I'd rather fail by daring greatly than be afraid and not even step in the ring. So Jesus looks at their faith and out of faith, out of love, he says, your, sons are forgi- your sins are forgiven. In Romans uh, 1.17, it says, we are called to live by faith. We're not just called to know or understand about God, but we're called to live by faith. We're called to live by faith. We're called to live by faith, Bryce. Not just go to church and understand faith, but live by faith. That like, how do we live life? By faith. What does that mean? By being radical, by risking. We have a saying here at church that says, you spell faith by R-I-S-K. It's always a risk. It's always scary a little bit. But as you step into that, God will show up and show off. I think sometimes he's just looking and waiting for his radical ones to put him to the test. Not to challenge him, but to say, all right, God, if you want me to do this, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. This just happened to me. 
I had this awesome opportunity. Everything in my logic and my mind said, take it, said, do it. The doors opened, right? If, oh, if God opens the doors, that's God. I meant to walk through. Not necessarily. And then literally I'm calling the person to say, okay, I'm doing this. And I just feel like Holy Spirit gently, lovingly say, knock, knock. And I said, who's there? Actually, no, I didn't. <laughs> Thought you'd like that, Paul. I said, knock, knock. Have you checked with me yet? Did you ask me? Well, yeah, I mean, I've asked you. I'm a, I'm a pastor. Like, I talk to you, like, all the time, right? Like, Jesus, bless us, thanks. Whoa, 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 that's not really asking me if I should walk through the door, though. And it just was like, and I went to MJ. I'm like, MJ, this is crazy. Like, I've had conversations about this. I wanted this. And for some reason, now I just feel like God's, like, I don't have a peace about it. And so faith sometimes is not moving. Sometimes faith is not walking through the doors. Sometimes God opens a door and wants us to know, are we going to walk with him and check with him in that? So sometimes it's internal decisions, not just out, outward things that we're meant to do. But as we live by faith in our hearts, it will overflow in our lives. Again, faith makes a fool of what makes sense. All right, I'm, a I'm on a tangent. I'm going to get back to the scripture. So we're back here, and, and it says this. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present. All right, I just got to stop. I'm sorry. When you live by faith, you will offend people. If you are a people pleaser, I was an addict at being a people pleaser. Straight up. Cared so much about what people thought. It drove me nuts. And I still do in some ways. I'm on the journey of caring more about what he thinks than what I think or other people think. You know, I just got to give credit to her, and it was the Lord, but one of the best things about being married is you get challenged and you get rocked, even when she, like, she's not trying to rock you. And she said the other day, she's like, hey, I was talking to a friend, giving advice, right? And, and, and she's like, hey, just make sure you care more about what God thinks than what you think. And I was just like, oh, dang. Like, she wasn't even trying to, like, like, like and when, I know when she speaks, because she doesn't speak a lot, like, I better listen. Unless she's yelling at me. And that happens, you know, once in a while, Bryce. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> but man, and it hit me. I was like, dang. Like, how, how much do I care about what other people think? And I'm listening to other people's opinions more than his opinion. When you live by faith, you will offend people. You will even offend Christians. You will especially, you will, you will offend the religious people more than the non-believers. Like, they'll be more cool sometimes than the religious people. Because religious people are all about rules and regulations and laws. And you got to do this, this, and this. But guess what? Jesus calls to take us free. He says, I came to bring freedom. Freedom, not just for us to do whatever we want, but we're saved by grace. He came to fulfill the law so we don't have to, like, cross our T's and dot our I's every single day and look behind our back and be perfect but we live by his spirit and we get to be free. But if we live by faith, we will offend people. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to prepare you. And in love, if you're not offending anyone, I say this with all the love in my heart, you're probably not making much of a difference. And I love people. I don't want to go and offend people. Like, I don't want to be a jerk. There are people like that. <laughs> I don't want to be that. But I also don't want to be so passive and so afraid of what everyone thinks. If, if you care about what everyone thinks, you're going, to be, you're going to conform to what everyone wants you to be. And you're never going to be you. You're never going to live the life that God called you to live. A radical, exciting, adventurous life. 
that dares greatly, that risks things out of love and out of faith, and at least you're passionate and alive about what you believe in. I remember my stepdad probably gave me the great, one of the greatest compliments I've ever received. I came back from the world race, and he's not a believer, and we're not, we're growing to be closer. And um, this was like five, six years ago, and he says, Ryan, I don't believe what you believe. And I was like, thanks for telling me that again. <laughs> but he's like, I, no, I want to tell you something, though. He's like, I believe that you believe what you believe. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like basically saying, I believe you're the real deal. I don't believe what you believe, but I believe you really believe what you believe. And man, that's, that, that hit me. That, that's, that, I mean, especially coming from someone like him, real recognizes real Amy that like, we're walking and living this thing out. Some people just talk it and they don't walk it. Some people just walk it, but they're afraid to talk it. I remember I was traveling around the world and when God called me home to the US, I didn't know where I was gonna live. That was scarier for me than going to Africa or going to Europe or going to Asia. And so it looks different for everyone, but we're called to live by faith. And I think just like a great dad and a great father, when we're risking it and we're living by faith, I don't think there's anything else that gives God more joy besides one of his lost kids coming home. And he could do it all himself, but he, gets, he calls us and he gets to use us to be, and we get to be his hands and his feet and his living scripture and word that preaches and that walks and that lives. So Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and said to them, why are you, why are you being a skeptical? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed, what, what is easier to say to the paralyzed um, man? Your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. But to convince you that the Son of Man has been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher, and walk home. Immediately the man sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left for home. When the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God and said, we've never seen anything like this before. And I just love, too, that Jesus is the son of God. But do you recognize that he never says, he never says, I'm the son of God. He, he never says that for, for a while. But he recognizes, says he's the son of man. He didn't have anything to prove. He didn't have to prove who he was. He just lived who he was. There's an old saying that says, you want to you lead people to Jesus? Catch on fire and people will come to watch you burn. Catch on fire, Carol, and people will come to watch you burn and they'll want to hear the story of what, 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 what lit your life on fire. Wesley actually said that, the guy, a guy who started the Methodist movement, John Wesley. When people look at my life, when people look at our lives, when people look at alive, are we the hungry ones? Are we the burning ones? On the stage when people are looking and most of all in our bedrooms when no one else is with us. So Jesus, after that, I'm just going to go quick because I'm running out of time. Um, I love, he just continues to gather. He continues to inspire. He says to Matthew, come follow me. And immediately Matthew gets out of his booth and begins to follow Jesus. He hangs out with the drunkards and the tax collectors. And of course, the religious people are offended. And they said, well, if Jesus is really Jesus, why is he hanging out with them? And he says, I've come to, to not for the, the righteous, not, but I've come for the sick. 
And I, I just, this quote said, to me, like, you know, I'm thinking about faith and I think this all ties together. And I love, even though Gandhi said this, I love the quote that says, be the change that you want to see in the world. Don't just sit there and talk about it. Don't just sit there and point fingers, Joey. Be the change that you want to see. I read a quote this week and I put on my story that rocked me. It said, if everyone who gossiped prayed about what they gossiped about, there would be no reason to gossip. Like, think about how often we do this, and we just complain, and we just talk about people, but we never do anything. Oh, the president needs to do this, or the church should do this, or whatever. It's like, okay, pick up a shovel and help them. Now, I get if the people in charge are like, hey, I don't want your help and all that, but like, let's be the change that this world needs, that Jesus has called us to be. Because faith without action, what is what, Austin? Dead. Faith without action is dead. Faith is proven through our actions, through change in our lives and what we do in other lives. And so Jesus calls people to something better. He meets them where they're at. Wherever you're at, if you know Jesus, if you feel far from Jesus, if your friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend brought you here or you're here because you had to be, Jesus meets you where you're at. If it's a good day or a bad day, he'll meet you where you're at. And he says, come as you are and watch how I change your life. I'm going to jump into John chap or Mark, or Mark chapter 3. And I love that, that we just pick up and Jesus again goes to the synagogue. He goes and it's on the Sabbath where you're not supposed to work and do anything. And he sees a man in need and he heals him. He shows compassion to him. I actually misspoke last week in my sermon when I said it was the man, when it was a story with the man with the withered hand. That's actually this story. Um, but it was a, ma a man in, with leprosy. And he wasn't supposed to help them. And the guy said, if you're willing, will you heal me? Heal me. And Jesus says, of course I'm willing. And whatever you need healing in your heart today, he meets you. And just like he had the authority to forgive the sins of the paralyzed man, he has the authority to forgive you and to help you to forgive others, even if that person is yourself. And so he continues to go, and I'm kind of skipping through a little fast because I'm running out of time. But Jesus chooses 12 apostles, and I love this. And he says, he appointed the 12 whom he named apostles. He wanted them to be continually at his side, at his side as his friends, so that he could send them out to preach and have authority should be on the screen, to have the authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons. And he calls us to be his friends, to walk with him, and to do the same things that he did. That he promised that you will do the same works and greater than I did. And I just love that. He just didn't call people to call them. But he said, hey, come be my friend. Come do life with me. And let me empower you. Let me show you by walking with you. And he does that same thing for us today, guys. And again, I come back to that question. Is there someone in your life that maybe you haven't forgiven? And maybe that person is you. Because when we don't forgive someone, we are actually the one that's held captive to that. And Leah and the band, you can come up. I remember my aunt and my uncle went through a really, really bad divorce. And divorces are just really hard. Another family member is going through one right now. 
But I remember it consumed my mom so much and she had so much anger in her. And every time I came home from college, she would talk about this situation. She would talk about what, what my uncle did wrong to my aunt to the point where it consumed her and she was gripped with anger and hurt. And after a while, I had to tell my mom, mom, I don't wanna talk about this anymore. And I said, mom, I love you, but this thing is consuming you. And even years after the divorce happened, even when my aunt was getting healing, my mom wasn't. And I love my mom so much and she's a protector and she's a fighter. And, and I, I, I'm so thankful that I believe I got those traits for her, from her. But I said, mom, you have to forgive him. You have to let this go because you're the one that is being captive. You're the one where bitterness and, and, and this, that, that it's destroying you. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with him. It doesn't mean you have to even have a relationship with him. But if you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross and you believe that he forgave you for your sins, that we are called to also forgive others of their sins. And that is not easy, guys. There's actually many mistakes of my own life that will jump up once in a while. And I get so angry and so sad about things that I've done. And in that moment, I've, there's an invitation, Zach, where I choose to forgive myself. I've, I've hurt and in anger against other people that have done wrong things to me or most of all things to people that I love. And there's still anger there that grips me. And I'm reminded, am I carrying forgiveness in my heart to give away to others? If Jesus had the authority to forgive, then we also have the authority to, to forgive. But guess what? That takes faith. It takes faith. It takes compassion. It takes love. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And sometimes that, that's a process of every day saying, Lord, I forgive them. Help me forgive them. Sometimes we have to speak the victory before we live the victory. But we choose to forgive them, even if that's a lifetime of choosing that. Because we receive the forgiveness that God has for us. I want to close with a quote. It's going to be on the screen from the movie The Shack. And if you haven't seen that movie... I'd encourage you to, to watch that. It's a very powerful movie and there, uh, there, a really terrible thing happens in the movie. Um, and there's a guy named Mac who is just, just, just filled with grief and anger and hurt. And he's talking with God about it. He kind of given, has given up for God and God moves in a radical way in his life. And he says, how am I supposed to forgive this guy? This guy did the worst thing that could ever happen to me. This guy took the one person that I love the most. I can't forgive this guy. I want him to burn. I want him to pay for what he did. And God just so lovingly says, so now you're back to being the judge again. And you, you can feel the emotion in Mac. And there's this quote that says this. It's going to be on the screen, I hope. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. It is about letting go of another person's throat. Forgiveness does not create a relationship unless people speak the truth about what they have done and change their mind and behavior. A relationship of trust is not possible. 
When you forgive someone, you certainly, you certainly release them from judgment. But without true change, no real, no real relationship can be established. Forgiveness is no, in no way requires that you trust the one you forgive. But should they finally confess and repent, you will discover a miracle in your own heart, in your own heart, that allows you to reach out and begin to build between you a bridge of reconciliation. Forgiveness does not excuse anything. You may have to declare your forgiveness a hundred times the first day and the second day and the third day. But each day will be less and less after that until one day you will, you will realize that you have forgiven completely. And then one day you will pray for their wholeness. And friends, that's what Jesus did for us. And it is not easy to forgive. And again, sometimes that person is not another person but yourself. That Jesus calls us to love him and love ourselves with that love. And I don't know about you, but I'm on a journey of loving myself, of believing in myself, of knowing that my story is gonna be a different story than my family or, or the friends that doubt me because Jesus' story is being lived out through my life and your life. But if you don't love yourself and if you don't forgive yourself, how can you give that to someone else? And sometimes that says, that sometimes that's you looking in the mirror and saying, I love you and speaking to yourself because there's that little boy and that little girl that actually needs to hear your own voice speaking to you. And it will be your truth and your faith and your love that sets yourself free. We can't give to others what we haven't given to ourselves, guys. And I recognize there might be some people in here that have God is inviting you to forgive another person, but I felt more that there's an invitation tonight to forgive yourself, to believe in yourself, that God wants to use you to set yourself free and to love yourself. And it's a journey, step by step, day by day, that Jesus had authority to forgive sins. And you have the authority because his authority and his life and his power and his spirit and his truth live in you. Will you pray with me? If you're comfortable, can you just hold out your hands? And if this is just speaking to you with all the eyes closed, can you just be radical and just get on your knees in front of the Lord? And whoever that person is or, or thing is, with your hands open, just like you're giving some, something to someone, Will you just say, Jesus, I give this to you? It can be in something that, that you did or something that, that is gripping your heart that you don't want anymore, that you want to be set free. God in faith, I give you this. I'm giving it to you right now in Jesus' name. I don't want to be angry at this person anymore. I don't want to be upset at this person. 
I forgive them. I choose by faith to love them. And in this, God, I pray that I and we will walk the ways that you walked. Jesus, help us let go. Help us forgive ourselves and love ourselves with your love that sets us free. In Jesus' name.
that God had provided in the Bible, he wants to meet us here tonight. And so I wanted to clear this out. I don't want to talk about God like he's not here. I want to sing to him because he is here. He's here now, and he's worthy of our praise.
Listen to the word of the Lord. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or, cal or calamity or persecution or hunger or, or destitute or in danger or are we threatened with death? As the scripture says, for, you, for, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Overwhelming victory is yours through Christ, Austin. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We're gonna go back into that song. Today is the day, Allie, that we get to believe and we get to receive that overwhelming victories is yours, Owen. Don't let the thoughts control you anymore. They're not yours. We have the victory. We have the victory. And we get to speak and live that victory out. Not right today, Zach. Because no matter what we go through, no matter what we think, no matter what we do, we can't be separated by his love, Joey. And we get to stand in that truth. And we get to stand in that victory today. Come on, band, let's go. I need you in this. And I'm convinced that nothing can never separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever, ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us, that is given to us through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And every time I hear this song, I think of that scripture, Romans 8, 38 to 39, that no matter what we go through, nothing can separate us from God's love. And I pray, Bryce, you know this, you grew up in church, but will you receive it and believe it today in a deeper way? Will I receive it and believe it today, Blaine, in a deeper way where it breaks chains? Where it breaks chains. I don't wanna just sing a song. I don't wanna talk about him like he's not, not in the room. I want this, this song has power because it's the truth of God and the truth of God has power. Will you believe that today is the day that your chains are broken and you're not picking them up again? Because his love frees us and he loves us so much to not keep us the same. And he keeps knocking and he keeps pursuing and he won't let us stay the same, Miranda. If you feel like dry right now and you're just going through the motions, put your hand on your heart. Just say, God, wake me up with this truth. Wake me up with this truth and change my life with this truth. 
change my life with this reality that nothing will separate us from his love, that his love empowers us and awakens us to live by faith. So let's go back into this one more time. And if you believe this, ask him to help you receive it where it changes your life from the inside out. Let's go.
Father, that you are a living hope, that you are a living hope. I thank you in the book of Romans it says, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you are a living God, you are a living God and you are a God of hope. And I thank you, Father, that we belong to you, that we are your children and we are your kids and we belong to you. It said in the, at the end of chapter 3, when Jesus was out preaching and doing things, his mom and his brother and his sister came to him. And his disciples said, Jesus, your family is there. And paraphrasing this, but he said, no, my family is here. My family are the people that does God's will. 
my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, are the people that do God's will. So I thank you, Father, that we belong to you. That we belong to you. Let us remember that tonight as we take part in communion. Yeah, guys. So we're going to have this awesome thing called communion. And uh, the cool thing about communion is we can actually have that 24-7 hours, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because communion is just common union. It's just communing with him. It's just being engaged with him, just as he wants to be engaged with you. But tonight, with the bread and the grape juice, it's, it's a symbol, it's a reminder of that communion. And it says in the Bible, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, you know, not on the night that he went to a party, not on the night that he was going to Disneyland, but on the night that he was betrayed, when he knew what was coming, when he knew the sacrifice that he had to make. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He broke it to symbolize his body that would be broken on the cross, just torn and brutally beaten for you and me. And he gave it to the disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And he couldn't stop there. They had to have a drink too, right? So he said, here's the cup of my blood. Here's the wine. Drink of this cup, all of you. Drink of this cup, my blood poured out for you. For the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I think this is an amazing representation of the price that Jesus paid for us, but it's also a, a, a representation of what we can do for each other. Hmm. So we're gonna have an opportunity for you guys to come up and take bread and take some grape juice. Um, but before you come up, I encourage you. I know at least for me, when I'm in a church service or alive or whatever, it can be easy for me to kind of get caught up singing the lyrics um, and I want to challenge you guys and encourage you, engage with Jesus one-on-one -on -one tonight. Look him in the face, the pearl of great prize. Look him in the face and experience not just a feeling, but the reality of what he paid for you. And whenever you're ready, um, yeah, just talk with him and commune with him and then come up and you can, um, we'll have people helping you get the bread and the wine.
Thank you that we are yours, Lord. And we choose to believe that every single day. In the good times and especially in the hard times. But I believe now there is an invitation tonight and we always do ministry. But I feel like ministry is happening already in, in a different way. And there's an invitation to step into something tonight. And this next song, it's... Uh, we sing that we're going to stand in his love. And I, I'm reminded of that verse when, Jesus, when, the, when God says, stand firm. Resist the enemy and he will flee. In Ephesians it says, stand firm with the armor of God. And we get to have an invitation tonight that are we going to stand in the truth that he loves us. That we belong to him. 
Are we going to stand in that truth? And as we stand in that day by day, choice by choice, moment by moment, we'll look back at our lives and realize that we're living in a radical and amazing way. So will you stand in his love tonight? And if you do, I want you to come up front, not for anyone else except you and Jesus, as an invitation, as an act of faith, that you're getting out of your seat and that you're choosing to come up front and stand in the gift of his love.
Holy Spirit speaks, we got to follow it. And uh, over this break, the Lord's really brought this song to my heart. It's called Build My Life.
lift your hands, guys. Leah, take us through that one more time. Voices only. God, we thank you for this time that we spent with you. God, there's nothing that we've, that we've done to deserve your grace and your mercy, but we accept it on tonight. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us just because you loved us, God. You loved us so much that you gave to us. And dear God, we give our lives to you on tonight. God, we may have gone astray. We may have made some wrong decisions or mistakes, God, but we believe that you in us is enough. God, you are enough in us. And because... You are enough, God. We are enough. And God, we thank you for that. We love you. Dear God, we just break every chain right now in this room that anybody's been dealing with and struggling with, every addiction, every stronghold. We, we cast that down to the pit of hell right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord thy God, rebuke you. You have no influence and no authority over this, over this family, over this place, over this sanctuary. We break it right now. Dear God, we thank you that this is a new season of walking in obedience and surrender and yielding unto what you want us to do. Dear God, set us free. Only you can do that, Lord. And we love you for that, God. We praise you, God. God, we speak fire over everybody right now, God. God, fire for change. Fire for deliverance, God. Fire for freedom. We love you and we receive that on tonight. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Come on, guys. Guys, we thank you so much for coming out. We believe God moved and God did things tonight. Uh, the pizza should be here. We hope you can come out tomorrow night uh, for ice skating. And, and uh, if you want to listen to this again, we're going to get on podcasts. And hopefully this summer, we're going to have an EP album come out on Spotify. Um, but before we end the night, I do just want to do something special real quick. Uh, Adam, can you take off your guitar and come here? And Kyle, can you help me out too, please? They didn't know I was going to do this. They call me spontaneous rye guy sometimes. Kyle puts me in headlocks when I do this to him. But but uh, I want to just take a moment and brag on Adam. And he's going to be here with us next week. But uh, I do just feel like there's just a place and a timing to, to recognize him. And uh, he is moving on. And he graduated. He got a job in Quincy. And uh, he's going to be here with us next week. So it's another reason to come out and... Uh, just worship with him one more time. But, you know, I really believe that uh, God gives us as pastors mantles uh, for the season and the calling. And um, Kyle's our, our worship pastor of the house. And I know uh, an older brother to Adam and someone who's just poured into Adam's life. And, 
And guys, Adam has, has come alongside Leah and really built this family and built this culture of worship and what it means to worship him on stage with a band and, and when no one else is looking. And I just want to honor you, Adam, for all the prayers, for all the time, for all the, the meetings and, and the, the sets planning and, and just uh, the, ex, the, the level of excellence and heart that you've brought to the band, to the people you've discipled, and to our family. And um, Kyle, if you're willing, if you guys just want to extend your hands. And if anyone, the band, uh, Miranda, if you're in here, you guys want to come up and lay, lay hands on Adam. I just felt like, Kyle, if you're cool with it, just to, to bless him and really impart what's been given to you to him. Yeah, Father, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this heart. Lord, you shaped this heart so beautifully, so passionately, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the path you've set before him. Father, I thank you for the heart that has said yes. And Lord, you want to see how far our yes will go. And this yes has went so far. Lord, I thank you for the, the path ahead of him. And that he'll say yes and yes and yes again and again. And Lord, I pray for his journey just to be so smooth. We were praying before we talked about distractions, just um, keeping our eyes off of Jesus. And Adam, I just see your eyes just so focused in on him. I see your gaze set on him. And I just see the enemy just trying to throw distractions at you. But even as you sang tonight, the enemy can't take what I have. Lord, we just pray that over him. And Lord, I just bless just his future. Lord, I bless his future relationships with friends and family. And I just see, uh, I see younger, younger guys looking to you. And uh, you're kind of not going to know what to say, but the Lord's just going to give you words. And he's going to bring up old memories that, um, just wisdom that's already in you. And Lord, we just thank you just for the gift of worship that he has deposited here, that he's instilled in this place. We just bless him. Holy name, Jesus. Amen. We give it up for Adam Davis, everyone. Thanks, thanks, Kyle. Well, guys, we thank you so much for coming out. Please feel free, hang out, enjoy some pizza, get to know someone, and we hope to see you next week uh, or this week at Ice Skating in Small Groups. God bless you. Remember, he lives in you. He loves you. You belong to him. Amen. Have a great night, everyone.